Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host, Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, a futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the news, an update on the markets, the hot topics in tech, some career advice, and let you know what I'm geeked out about. So before I get into today's episode, you know the deal. Go ahead and like the YouTube video if you enjoyed it or are enjoying it or just like it anyway, just to be supportive for me. It's free. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. If you're listening on your podcast player, please leave a review, a five-star review, and let me know what you think of the podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the Substack if you want to get the podcast directly into your email inbox. And you can follow me on social media, Twitter at EditionPod or at Addy Adewusi. You can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at Edition with Addy. And you can email me with your questions, whether it's career or, you know, you just or you just want to ask something and you want me to answer on the pod, go ahead and email me, EditionPod at gmail.com. Okay, so let's do the update on the markets. So Bitcoin is at 20,409. It is down 3.66% in the past five days. Ethereum is down 1,091 and it is down 2.71% in the past seven days. S&P 500 is actually up 2.89% over the past five days, and the NASDAQ is up 4.82% over the past five days. So we're seeing somewhat of a rebound in the stock markets, and the crypto markets are still either down or flat. So let's get into the hot topics in tech. So first, Coinbase. It had been a, it's been a while since I talked about Coinbase, so um, let's see what they have going on. So this is from Decrypt. Coinbase to phase out trader-friendly pro-exchange, and I quote from the article, Coinbase announced today that it plans to discontinue its advanced trader-focused Coinbase Pro service by the end of the year. The standalone pro service, which exists independently of Coinbase, offered lower fees to traders who interacted directly with the Coinbase Exchange order book. It will be replaced by Advanced Trade, a service that offers comparable features but that will live within the main Coinbase app and site. While Coinbase.com is much more user-friendly and accessible to retail users than Coinbase Pro, it charges flat transaction fees on top of every trade, as well as percentage commission fees or spreads. For this reason, many power users executed trades on the more technical Coinbase Pro and then transferred funds back to their Coinbase.com accounts for zero fees. In a blog, blog post today, however, Coinbase cited duplicated features and friction when transferring balances back and forth between Coinbase.com and Coinbase Pro as a reason for sunsetting the latter. Coinbase Pro users took to Twitter this afternoon to bemoan the service's discontinuation, many citing its lower fees, end quote. So in the show notes, I have the link to the article as well as the blog post from Coinbase. So I haven't used Coinbase Pro, but I have used Coinbase, and it is very jarring when you see, let's say you want to invest or buy $100 worth of Bitcoin, it's shocking how much Coinbase takes out for fees. And for that reason, that's why when I bought my crypto, instead of dollar cost averaging, which people say is best practices, I still don't know whether dollar cost averaging is best practices for crypto or not, but if I'm contributing, you know, let's say 
$10, $100 a month in uh, Bitcoin, or sorry, let's say I'm buying $100 worth of Bitcoin a month, every time I make that transaction through Coinbase, I'm getting that flat transaction fee plus the percentage. That's why I decided when I bought crypto, I was like, I'm just going to decide how much money I want to invest in crypto so I can just pay all these fees at once and not have that being a recurring expense over time. So if obviously I think Coinbase's fees are too high and Coinbase Pro users also see the fees as being too high, which is why they've been using the Coinbase Pro account, which I believe is paid, and but it's a little bit more complex, so you have to know what you're doing, but you get much lower fees. So in theory, it seems, or I, let's say on face value from this blog post, Coinbase is discontinuing this just to reduce redundancy and um, have a better user experience. But realistically, they're probably looking for revenue anywhere they can at this point. As I have shared on this podcast, their stock is down significantly. They just did layoffs. They've been rescinding offers. They're in a hiring fee. So they need cash money now. So I understand why Coinbase users are, Coinbase Pro users are anticipating that they're going to make an adjustment to the fee schedule. And I am in agreement with them. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Coinbase is basically saying, hey, these people who are likely investing more money than the average retail customer are saving on fees and we want to get those fees back. And that would be a sound business decision. But at the same time, Coinbase is dealing with a lot of issues with public perception right now. A lot of people are upset about Coinbase and exchanges in general and are doing what I did, which is just move all my crypto off of the exchanges into a hardware wallet. So it's not a good look for Coinbase because these are like their power users, but they I'm sure they analyzed, okay, how many users can we expect to lose if we get rid of Coinbase Pro? We'll, we'll still be profitable once we get them back in the stream, which gives them you know, potentially higher fees down the road. I'm sure they did the analysis on this, but I understand why Coinbase users, Coinbase Pro users are upset. Okay, moving on. So let's get into streaming. I haven't talked about streaming too much on the podcast, but it is an industry that I track very closely and I'm very interested in what's going on because at one point streaming was so big that Netflix became the N in Fang, which Fang is Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google with two A's, right? And Netflix as a media streaming technology company was unique in its placement there. Now that Netflix stock has dropped significantly, I believe they're, um, whether they're considered fang or not, maybe up for debate at this point, but they are doing what they can to bounce back. So the article here is NBC Universal, Google, compete to help Netflix develop an ad-backed tier. And this is from the Wall Street Journal. And if you're not familiar, Netflix has no ads, has no commercials. And honestly, that's what I personally love about it. I'm not sure about you all. But if you have been on Hulu, for example, you may see that they have a, a tier where it's cheaper, but you have to watch ads and you pay a little bit more to have the ad-free experience. So Netflix is now considering an ad-back tier because they need to find revenue, right? Okay, so I quote from the article, 
Comcast Corps, NBC Universal, and Alphabet Inc.'s Google have emerged as top contenders to work with Netflix and help the streaming company create an advertising-supported tier of its service, according to people familiar with the matter. Netflix, which is hoping to boost revenue by selling ads around its programming, is still in the early stages of development, the strategy of developing the strategy and has explored a range of tie-ups in recent weeks. A partnership with NBC Universal would be like would likely be exclusive, the people familiar with the matter said. Comcast video ad unit, Freewheel, would supply technology to help serve up ads while NBC Universal's ad sales team would help sell ads in the US and Europe, the people said. Google brings to the table its own ad servicing technology and experience in video through YouTube and its online channel bundle, YouTube TV, people close to the discussion said. Google has already has a commercial relationship with Netflix, which is a customer of its ad buying tools. They said it is likely Google would also pursue an exclusive arrangement. So the article does give some context here. I quote, in April, when Netflix announced its first quarterly subscriber loss of more than a decade, the company said it would move toward putting ads into its service, something co-chief executive Reed Hastings had long resisted. The shift in strategy was a sign that competition from rival streaming services and the end of a pandemic-fueled surge in growth was weighing on Netflix and forcing it to rethink its approach. An ad-supported tier would be more affordable and it could help boost revenue and subscriptions, end quote. Okay, so interesting. So it looks like Google and Comcast, NBC Universal are hoping to partner with Netflix to help support their ad tier that I'm I'm a little surprised that Netflix isn't going to build it themselves but I guess it's kind of a time is of the essence thing it's like they're low on cash and I I understand that Netflix took out a lot of debt so they necessarily they don't have the money to do this so I'm imagining here that they would have some sort of revenue sharing agreement or I mean Netflix pays so much on Google ads, you know, maybe it would be like a, you know, you absorb our Google ad costs in response to this um, Google servicing the ad tier. I don't know how it's going to work, but Netflix at least is putting in a lot of effort to get its revenues back up. So if you work at Netflix and you're concerned about the future of the company, I, I would be more hopeful about Netflix than Coinbase, for example. Like Coinbase has serious issues and I don't see any of its plans helping solve its re revenue problem where this uh, partnership with either Comcast or Google would be a great move for Netflix and you know at least incentivize people to s sign back up on their platform because they lost, I believe, 2 million subscribers. Uh, either last year or last quarter. Okay, so I'm going to jump into the career segment. So a friend uh, sent me an article about how recent grads, people in senior year of college or just graduated are getting their offers rescinded. And I also saw a Wall Street Journal podcast about this as well. So recent grads are the most vulnerable um, they're, they're the most vulnerable in the workforce because they don't necessarily have relevant work experience. They may have internships, which is great, but they are, 
you know, they don't have the industry experience that if someone, you know, let's say they got an offer rescinded at Coinbase, but they five years of working experience, they would have a much better chance at finding another opportunity than a recent grad. So I wanted to give some advice to recent grads on what to do if your offer is rescinded or if you just can't get a job in general. So first, I would say the mindset that I had in college was as soon as I have a degree, a job will basically be handed me to me. I would go to my college career fair and they would essentially hand me a job. I didn't think it would be that easy, but I thought it would be much easier than it actually was. And I graduated in 2015, so it, it, I would say it was a, nor a normal time to graduate. It wasn't the economy wasn't necessarily doing badly. It, it wasn't necessarily doing amazing. It was just a normal time, and it took me a while to find a corporate job. So this is what I would do if you are a recent grad and you don't have you know, that, that good job offer waiting for you right now. So first, reach out to your friends and family and be very transparent here. Say, I just graduated. I don't have a job or my offer was rescinded. This is, this is my skill set. These are my interests. This is my resume. Can you help me find a job? Even better, say, I know you work at X company. I saw X company is hiring for Y position. Based on my skill set, my experience, my resume, can you help me get this job? Can you be a referral for me? Can you connect me to the hiring manager? Always start with friends and family first. They trust you the most and they will be the most likely to help you. I understand that it may be humbling, but this is a humbling situation to be in. Um, like I said, you are literally the most vulnerable in the workforce right now. And if you don't get a job ASAP, then you're going to have to explain for gaps in your resume. It's just not good. Like people say, oh, it doesn't matter. Your 20s don't matter. Your 20s absolutely do matter. They set you up for the whole rest of your life. So I implore you to take this very seriously. Okay, let's say there's nothing from your family and friends. Now reach out to alumni. Um, the more, more recent the graduates, the better because they understand more um, what it's like to not have a job. So think about your friends who graduated last year or the year before, reach out to them. Reach out to uh, your alumni directory. Most colleges have a whole directory of alumni who are willing, or alumni, uh, who are willing to talk to you about career and help. They're basically raising their hand and saying, I want to help you. So reach out to them with that email saying, you know, I do not have a job. This is my experience. These are my skills. Uh, these are the types of jobs I'm looking for. These are the types of companies I'm looking for. Can you help me? I really need your help. Um, so do that. Let's say no alumni respond. Then cold LinkedIn DM. I've talked about this before. You do not need to know these people. Reach out to them. If they don't want to talk to you, they just won't respond. But it is on you to reach out to them and use that same template. Hi, I see you work at X company. I'm a recent grad. I do not have a job or my offer was rescinded. These are my skill sets. These are my experience. This is my resume. I saw X, Y, and Z position are open. Can you help me uh, get this position? Can you help me get an interview? Just be clear, just be clear, and but very professional 
And I'm not saying get on your knees and beg, but don't sugarcoat the situation. You are in a desperate situation and you need someone to help you. Okay, so I, I cannot imagine that if you go through all of those steps, you won't find a job. That being said, it may take some longer than you expect. So in the meantime, get a job relevant to your field. Like if you want to work in tech, try and get a job at like the Apple store, uh, even Whole Foods, because technically your uh, employer would be Amazon or maybe your university has a help desk. Like it may not be, it may be a minimum wage job, but as long as it, it says like, a, a, a strong brand, a strong company, and it's relevant to your field. So let me take out, like, I would say only work for Whole Foods if you're doing something somewhat technical, if you want to work in tech. I, that would be like the last resort to work at Whole Foods. But um, yeah, get a relevant job in your field. So if you want to work in fashion, get a retail job. If you want to work in tech, I already shared. If you want to work as an accountant, be a secretary or a front desk person in an accountant's office, like whatever the easiest job that you can get, that you know you can get the job quickly, that is relevant to your experience, get that job now. No, it's not gonna be your forever job, but you will be okay. You just need that on your resume, otherwise you have a gap on your resume and you don't wanna have gaps on your resume. I know people are trying to work to make this less of a stigma, but I guarantee you it is a stigma. Okay, well, wish me, or I wish you the best of luck. Email me, editionpod at gmail.com if you have any further questions about this, I'd be happy to help. Also, if you need a referral to Microsoft, I'd also be happy to help. Just let me know um, as soon as possible. Okay, so what am I geeked out about this week? So I listened to an episode of Lisa Nicole Bell's Behind the Brilliance podcast this week. And I'm gonna be honest, I credit so much of my mindset to this woman. I've never met her. We've exchanged a few like Twitter DMs. She lives in LA. And she, but she has this amazing podcast called Behind the Brilliance, and she was basically the older sister that I never had, the older, wiser, richer sister, and helped me with all of my mindset around, you know, designing my life, designing my career, you know, looking at friendships, relationships, things like that. So I highly recommend her podcast. I don't listen to it as much in her later seasons. Like I, I personally feel like the good stuff is in her solo episodes, which she did a lot more. Um, in the past, but her whole catalog is there. And I have the link to the specific episode that I'm about to discuss in the show notes. So she recently did an episode on friendships. So um, as some of you may know, as you you know become an adult and leave university, and especially right now with you know work from home and hybrid, you may notice that you don't have as many friends as you used to, or some of your friendships have gone by the wayside, or you're trying to make friends but feeling uncomfortable, or you don't know where to start. And she, a listener of her podcast, asked this question and she gave such an amazing response. And it really made me, I would say the key takeaway from that episode for me was like, think about how much free time you have right now. Okay, how many deep, like, serious friendships do you actually have time for? Because 
I think people are always like, yeah, make connections, make connections. But there are only so many friends that you can have that are your, I'm going to call you at 4 a.m. because I'm freaking out kind of friend. You know, we it's okay to have tiers of friends. You can have a, a whole bunch of associates that maybe you see anywhere from once a week to once a year to once a decade, right? And then maybe you have like a smaller co horde of friends that you hang out in a friend group, but they don't all have to be your best friend, right? Um, and then there's a relatively small group. I would say for me, I have space for maybe five people to be like my really, really close friends. And that's, that's, that's stretching it. Um, so, and, and you got to think about like your family too. So how much space do you actually have? And that just really um, one, made me realize I was doing a lot better than I thought I was, and two, gave me permission to be more discerning about um, who I let close into my friendships. Okay, well, that's today's episode. I hope you have an amazing week, and I'll see you tomorrow.